Thanks for joining us for episode eight of That's a Good Question, uh, recording here on July 25th for episode airing Sunday, July 26th. Here we are in an election year. We're going to be voting for president in November. And uh, we've dealt with on the podcast here with topics that are related very closely to politics. We spent a couple episodes on uh, race relations. We talked about the Supreme Court. And um, with all that's going on with coronavirus and the, the different policies that have been instated with that, the tense state of race relations in our country, mm-hmm. um, we've decided to devote at least one episode to Christians in politics and speak directly to this topic. So uh, let's start off with talking about, there have been a couple late-breaking things <laughs> happening in the news. So let's start off talking about those. How about that? So as I was composing my uh, weekly blog, Church Matters blog, and I would encourage you all to read that, and it was already on the issue of Christians and what the Bible teaches about Christians' responsibility to government. And I'd been writing on that this week. I was finishing it up and toward the end of the week, and there was some breaking news that was uh, related to what I was writing on. And that is that a pastor and a church that we very much respect and we have very much promoted and will promote here at our church because we're of like mind, uh, has made a decision that is uh, somewhat monumental and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. It may end up going all the way to the Supreme Court again, and I'll explain what I mean by again in just a, just a bit. But uh, John MacArthur and Grace Community Church uh, made a huge announcement toward the end of this week uh, about their decision to uh, disobey directly what the governor of California has required, that churches uh, not meet because of the, the virus. And that was big news about, because it remains to be seen what the governor is going to do in reaction to that mm-hmm. and where that's going to go. But it's also big news because it was a, quite a change, mm-hmm. an apparent change from the stance that uh, Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community had taken. Uh, one, going all the way back to his teaching of many, many years about submission to the government. He has been very strong about mm-hmm. submission to the government, so much so that he has taken a stance on the American Revolution that mm-hmm. said that the American Revolution was sinful, mm-hmm. that it was a violation of biblical principles. You cited his statement in your blog article about that. And so yeah. I quoted that, and I included that because of this late-breaking mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. And so I did deal with some of that. That's why I encourage you all to read this week's Church Matters blog, because it deals with some of what we're talking about here. So this was a surprise because of his, one, his past writings, mm-hmm. and then two, uh, earlier this year, as the virus started to spread, as the shutdowns occurred in states across the country, including California, where they're located, uh, the church took what everyone would expect, given his past teaching, and that mm-hmm. is, we will follow the government's uh, requirements. And they did that. Uh, But then on, and that went on for a few months, May the 22nd. On May the Mm -hmm. 22nd, the president made a statement. He held a press conference. He made a statement that said, I'm paraphrasing, but churches are immediately allowed to open. I declare them to be essential. 
and therefore can open beginning this Saturday. So that would have been two days. The 22nd was a Friday. And immediately, uh, John MacArthur put out a statement that said, based on the president's statement that uh, we are essential, that he is using the power of his office to allow us to meet, and he will override any governor mm -hmm. who does otherwise, uh, then we are going to meet this, this coming Sunday. Now, just as an aside, I say this in the blog article as well, it is not clear at all that the president has the power Mm -hmm. uh, to do what President Trump said. But nevertheless, uh, John MacArthur uh, took that and said that we are going to meet. That very day, the Ninth Circuit Court uh, met on appeal from the governor to get a ruling as to whether or not churches could override what he's, he has said. And the Ninth Circuit said, no, uh, you, the governor's order is valid and churches cannot do this. Well, now, if you're Grace Community Church, you're kind of painted into a corner a bit mm -hmm. because you said we're going to follow the president, uh, but now a court, and, and we're not going to follow the governor, but now a court has said the governor's uh, edict is valid. Now Which what are you is, going to do? As we talked about, the court's kind of the umpire yeah. saying, what, what does this law mean or so, this prediction? So what are you going to follow now? Mm -hmm. and, and does the president trump, no pun intended, the, the court then, <laughs> the court of appeals? And that very night then, Grace Community Church had to put out yet another statement. They mm -hmm. put out another statement saying, we're not meeting then because the court has made this statement. That, it, that then resulted in many comments on the church's Facebook page. Uh, from people, members of the church, saying, wait a minute, which is it? Are we uh, submitting to the government? Are we not submitting to the government? Why are we doing it You know, when the president says it? Why are we uh, not doing it when the court says it? So it caused some confusion and a little bit of embarrassment, frankly. Uh, but that was all on the, uh, the, the 22nd. And so here we are in late July now. Mm -hmm. But the, um, the church issued a statement then at the end of this week that we are going to meet despite now what the governor has said, despite what the court has said, and not just the Ninth Circuit Court, but also the Supreme Court. Because mm -hmm. in late May, after the Ninth Circuit on May 22nd made that ruling, then that was appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided that the governor had the authority to do this. And in a, an opinion written for the majority, Chief Justice John Roberts, uh, gave some descriptions of things that the state of California had allowed to open that were different from churches. And that's why, he said, churches are not being discriminated against. It's mm -hmm. not that churches are being targeted. These are things that are not alike. They're not apples-to-apples mm -hmm. apples comparisons. Mm -hmm. That's what you commented on. Yeah. And I said that in the, in the blog. So, uh, the, But the church has now decided that they are being targeted. They've used that word, that churches are being targeted. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that they use the word persecution, but that's the implication yeah. that uh, churches are being persecuted, um, or this is the prelude to persecution. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to defy the, the governor as of tomorrow, starting mm -hmm. tomorrow. So we'll see what, what comes of that. Well, and that, uh, that announcement that they released um, seemed... I. I had a, I struggled in following the rationale. I mean, I think I get it, but the the rationale was that it's important for us to distinguish that the the secular government cannot dictate how the church operates. Um, you know, and it sounded like they were with reference to doctrinal issues. You know, they can't prescribe how a church is supposed to run, and so 
we think that this is important that we, but, um, you know, if, if, if that's the case, what this issue is about, um, it seems that they're saying then it's, it would be wrong for us to not meet together because as a church, we determine we're supposed to meet together. It's how we operate. Yeah. But then they've been doing something wrong all this time by not meeting. That's the part that confused me. And I'm, I'm very cautious. I don't want to cast aspersions on a great church like that. But Correct. that's the part I was having difficulty following. Well, you're not alone. Uh, and I want to follow up on what you just said. Uh, every, probably just about everyone listening to us knows who John MacArthur is, knows who Grace Community Church is, and knows, if you know anything about us, you know of our great, great, great appreciation. I'm looking at our uh, bookshelves <laughs> here, and right behind Pastor Larry is John MacArthur's Systematic Theology, and we have a lot of his books here, and we promote that uh, church and his teaching and do so without reservation and still do so. So I want to make that very clear. Here it's just, uh, it's it's confusing, and not just confusing to you, it's confusing to a lot of people, so much so that uh, John MacArthur and his associate, many years of associate, uh, Phil Johnson, mm -hmm. they were both inundated with questions about uh, why the change here, because if churches run their own affairs and mm -hmm. if we're the ones who determine, then why were you doing it then, you're not doing it now. So much so that each of them uh, issued clarifying statements then. Mm -hmm. So on the Grace Community Church website now, there is the original statement uh, that came out at the end of the week, and then there's an addendum that seeks to explain why it was that way a few months ago, and it's this way now. Folks can read that, make their own determination about it, but uh, I have read it, and it's still uh, not clear. And uh, one of the, I think, fatal uh, omissions in that explanation is an omission about Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. Yeah. Because the original statement of the church, going back several months, was Romans 13 and 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13 say that we are to submit ourselves to the governing authorities, therefore we are going to, to follow. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if they tell us we can't preach the gospel or you know, we have to do something that God forbids, then we will have to obey God rather than men. But we are going to submit to the government. And mm -hmm. cited those passages. Mm -hmm. And so here's where the confusion comes in. In the explanation that John MacArthur gave, he says, in this, I'm paraphrasing, but we were never following what the government said. We were doing what we thought was best. Mm -hmm. We were never submitting, again, that's my word, I'm paraphrasing, right. but we were not submitting to a government edict. Well, if, if that's the case, then you need to explain why you invoked Romans 13 or 1 Peter 2 to begin with. Mm -hmm. That was used in the beginning as reason that we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think, we're, I think rightly so. Yeah. So it's hard to back off from that now. Now, Phil Johnson on his own blog, Pyromaniacs, the blog is what it's called, <laughs> he uh, gave an explanation. And he was very forthright in saying that, you know, my position has evolved on this. My position has changed on this. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that very much. And that's, uh, that's fair to say. Indeed. You know, you admit Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what that raises a larger question, I think, as to what then has led a great church and some great pastors uh, in that direction that's you know, kind of confusing. And in my view, we haven't had much of a chance to talk about it, so mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for you, but I think in your view is probably mistaken. Mm -hmm. But um, what has led in that, in that direction? And I'd like to talk about that just for a little bit because it might benefit some of our viewers. You know, yeah. since this uh, virus has 
been rampant since the shutdowns have occurred. There has been, uh, there have been outright statements, but there's certainly been an undercurrent, uh, and, and I'll just describe it that way, an undercurrent, from a lot of Christian people, including a lot of pastors, and we have seen this increasingly in what Phil Johnson was saying. We've mm, talked about this. I've noticed this. that in Twitter. And, yeah. and, and other people, like I'll mention one more person that we have a lot of respect for because he's done great apologetics work, great work on Bible translations, but James White. Yeah. And James White has just uh, made a lot of statements that are very conspiratorial about what the government is doing. And if not outright statements like James White did just the other day, then an undercurrent is what I'll call it. There's been this yeah. undercurrent that there's more to this than there's a health issue and we're trying to address a health issue, but rather this is a backdoor way to try to get to, to churches. Now, look, you don't know what you don't know. And I, I could never say something for sure is not happening. All I can go on is what I see and what I do know. And having done a good bit of reading on this and read everything that these guys are talking about, I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. Now, it could come. It could happen that churches will, or excuse me, governments will use the opportunity for then overreach and to discriminate against churches and against Christians. The moment that happens, we have an obligation to do now what Grace Community Church is doing. Yeah. But not until then. You know, so so why why is there why is there that? Well, there's this this view that churches are being singled out, that they're being targeted, and a lot of times comparisons are being used that are just not apt comparisons. Uh, for example, uh, Phil Johnson has used this. The Grace Community Church statement used this. James White has used this. Another brother that I was interacting with uh, today, someone outside of our church using the same thing, these lists that say, you know, it's deemed essential to have liquor stores open. Mm, yeah. You've seen that, yep. right? You know, but churches are deemed non-essential. Well, if you compare those, if that's really the deal, if you've got a list somewhere that says a scent liquor and having liquor available to people is essential, but churches are not, mm. yeah, that's troubling. Hey, liquor stores don't just sell liquor. They also sell lottery tickets and <laughs> food. A lot of times they're grocery stores. Too. Well, I think that's what's yeah. going on. That's my understanding of what's going on. And you see that's then a slanted way of mm -hmm. putting things. That I yeah. do not know if anyone watching this, and I mean this, if anyone has a list from, we are in Michigan here, I know of no such list in Michigan. I know of no such list in any state. If anyone knows of one, and I mean this, and there may be one, if there is a list where the government has said that liquor is essential mm -hmm. during a pandemic, I would love to see it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's what's happened. I think it's what you said, that food is essential. Right. And convenience stores and places that sell food may also sell beer and liquor, mm -hmm. and those are open. But it's because they're selling food. The truth is, if it was really liquor mm -hmm. that was the deal, why were bars closed? Why wouldn't mm -hmm. the state have simply said, okay, you can't meet in a bar, but we're going to allow bars who normally can't do package liquor, we're not going to let them sell package liquor because liquor is so essential. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. You yeah. see, but that's not the case. And yet people say that. And when yeah. you say that, you're, you're really straining to try to make an artificial difference between how churches are being treated and how other things are being treated. And there's a lot of those. You remember here in Michigan, uh, there was the canard about uh, you can't sell uh, seeds, mm -hmm. you know, but you can sell, you know, other things and, and why, why the, you know, artificial. Well, again, I don't think there's a list anywhere that says you can't 
sell seeds. It was it was the way space was divvied up in these big box stores mm. that meant that there were areas that ended yeah. up being cordoned off. Well, and and it, I think it's also important to note that uh, no one, I, I don't, you and I are not going to argue that mistakes can't be made in how things are doled out and what regulations right. are given. I mean, mis- Thank you. these people are, are humans like us. They're going to make mistakes. It doesn't necessarily mean they're out to get us. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, thank you for bringing that up. Because when you say these people are human like us, yes, they're human like us, they make mistakes, and they work for the government, for heaven's sake. <laughs> I mean, really, are we shocked? Right, we're we're going to edit this so that we don't get targeted. <laughs> But are we shocked that the government would mess stuff up and mess? Absolutely. And were there, have there been things that are really, just to be perfectly blunt, just downright stupid that have happened in our state and in other states? Absolutely. Am I surprised at that? Absolutely not. When the government does something and humans do something, but especially never, the I government. I never make mistakes in my job. Come on. <laughs> I expect higher. But really, bureaucracy and the government, right? Yeah, so at the beginning of this true. thing, you remember, at the beginning, you had things that were shut down. And I still shake my head at some of the things that were shut down. Um, um, lawn care. You're outside. Yeah. Many of these lawn care businesses are like one guy cutting people's lawn, and that's mm-hmm. how he makes mm-hmm. his living. And, and April is a huge month for him, yeah. you know. And yet, in April and most of May, he shut down. Why? Why is that? It didn't make. It didn't. Still doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'll give why I think they made that mistake in a minute. But it was. It was wrong. It just mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, you can't go out on your fishing boat alone. Mm-hmm. Outside. Because you might stop and get gas for your motor boat, and therefore we're going to shut that down too. Okay, a lot of overreaches like that. But that's government, that's government bureaucracy. It's typical. And here's where I think the core mistake was made and is still being made. And that is they use this, uh, ca- these categorizations of, of essential and non-essential. Mm. Good for you. And so, yeah, is your grass getting cut essential? No. Uh, is going fishing essential? No. Is it important to people who love to fish? You know, is it important to the guy who uh, runs a lawn cutting business? Yeah, absolutely. But is it essential? Essential for what? And, and mm-hmm. on the Michigan governor's website, the coronavirus website, it describes what essential is. It's essential for the maintenance of physical life. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get these things called non-essential. Right. Because they don't maintain physical life. Food does. Mm-hmm. Medical personnel do. Those who supply those things do, so you now have it, you know, uh, spiraling down to lots of other things. But that's where the and so then churches. What are list are churches going to be on? Mm, non-essential. Non-essential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But non-essential does not mean not important. Right. But it's unfortunate wording. What they should say is things that are dangerous and things that are not. Mm. Okay. Might, and might change the list a little. It yeah. would change the. It might, and but it would also make clearer. Mm-hmm. And reason. it would also allow the reason, and it would also allow you if something's not dangerous. It may not be essential, but it's also not dangerous. Right. So let it go ahead and open. Well, now thankfully we're past that, and lawns are getting cut, and people can go out on their fishing boats. But there were certainly mistakes. Here's the thing we've got to get. Look, uh, dumb is not necessarily nefarious. Mm. Uh, and yet there's a jump to move from that doesn't make any sense to they're doing this on purpose mm-hmm. to target, to, to destroy the economy, to hurt the president, whatever the supposed motivation may be. So getting back to churches, there has been this undercurrent among Christians and among pastors that 
the, the state is using this as a way to get to churches. Mm -hmm. Lord knows that in the history of the church and in the future and in our lifetimes, there may, there may well be such persecution. Uh, this kind of thing could be used as a reason to do it in the future. Hey, we were mm -hmm. able to tell you to close down before, we're telling you to close down again, and now not for very good reasons, mm -hmm. right? Could it? Absolutely. But until it does, we don't have the right to, and I'm going to use a strong term here, but we don't have the right to slander what people are doing mm. by imputing motives that we don't know are there. Right. So I have looked at it as best I can. I have looked at what our friends in California have said. I've looked at what others have said. And I do not see the targeting. I do not see mm. the persecution. The Supreme Court does not either at this point. Could that change? Yes. If it changes, friends, community Bible church members, I want you to know the moment, the moment that it is clear that the state is targeting us, is singling us out for special ill treatment, then we will defy what the government says. We will obey God rather than men. But until then, as long as the state is making what can be construed as a good faith effort to try to keep the citizenry healthy. Mm -hmm. As long as that's happening, then we're going to do what I think, what Grace Community Church did at the beginning, what John MacArthur has been preaching for his whole ministry. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to then submit to the government. But we will not submit to them indefinitely, and we will not submit to them if they make clear that their intentions are otherwise. But in my considered view, that has not happened yet. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this might, may or may not be worth commenting on, but I'll just I'll raise the issue and see what you think here. Um, this, I think, also evidences something that I notice is fairly common um, in general with people, and particularly, I think, in our, in our uh, Christian community. Um, conserv maybe no, it's not fair in our conservative uh, community that um, we tend to try to, or we tend to gravitate toward answers that are neat and tidy, mm. And, and simple, and I think oftentimes oversimplified. Mm. Like you were saying, you know, just because poor decisions were made doesn't mean they were nefarious decisions. And that's that is not neat and tidy. That's that's like okay. So who are we saying is the bad guy? I need to know who the bad Boy, guy is. Larry, that's a great yeah. point. That's a great point. So I'm going to say something about again a guy that I greatly esteem in John MacArthur. Uh, that's kind of funny, but it's to this point. Okay. And the funny part is that years ago, I was reading a pastor's journal called Leadership Journal. You've seen that. Mm -hmm. And Leadership Journal was known for having these kind of kind of pastoral humor kind of cartoons in it. And they, but they had this one uh, page in one of their editions that was the composite of the perfect pastor. <laughs> and so it had, you know, the, uh, one guy's hair, the perfect pastor would have this guy's hair, would have this guy's looks, and another guy's voice. And all of that, and they mentioned these famous preachers. And then in that composite, it was this. It had the certainty of John MacArthur. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, but it's they say it because it's true. Because one of the things that's so great about John MacArthur is there's no ambiguity. Mm -hmm. It's straight up. It's absolute. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. And, and the guys like me... Don't come off sounding like him. One, because I'm not him, so I'm not as smart as he is. 
But two, I don't. I, I give you that. So let's not go too far with this. Let's understand what's being said. Let's understand in this context. And that doesn't sound as good mm-hmm. <laughs> as just the straight up dogmatism. Mm-hmm. Nuance is never as attractive as dogmatism. Well, and we, uh, I think rightly, we're skeptical of that when it comes to doctrine. You know, mm-hmm. this is what God's That's word right. says. And to so be don't fair, though, about it. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't waffle That's on right. that. Although there are some things that are less clear that you know, our, our so. dogmatism should be as right. firm so. as the clarity of the passage we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I so learned let me that give an example. <laughs> so let me give an example about okay. that with, uh, on this now, the whole coronavirus thing. Turns out, as I was looking into the statement that our friends in California made, uh, I looked back at what Pastor MacArthur had said a couple of months ago. Going back a couple of months ago, when they were still obeying the, the governor, but apparently, like Phil Johnson said, evolving. That's what he said, evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John MacArthur said a couple of months ago, this is a, just about a verbatim quote. He said, uh, it's been proven that face masks don't work. Now, I don't know whether face masks work. I don't know whether they do or they don't. But here's the point. Neither does John. He doesn't know that. And there's a, there's a level of dogmatism about something that you need to be really careful about. Mm-hmm. Here's another statement that Phil Johnson made. It's clear that this virus is not as dangerous as we were told. Now, what do you mean by that? What, who, who told you? What are you talking about? I think what he's probably talking about is the early estimates that we might lose over a million people if we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Which we can't possibly know now because we've done we did something. Think, not only did something, did something unprecedented. Shut down the whole country for a period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. And you remember back in March, we sent an email to the congregation. And in that email, we said, you know, those of us who take this seriously. <laughs> back, back, when, back when we sent that, yeah. we had no idea where we would be right Here now. Here we are. I mean, the end of that July. was kind of, uh, that's right. hey, this is something big that's happening. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but in it, we said uh, that those of us who take this seriously, if we are successful in our efforts, then it will give fodder for those who are deniers. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can say, see, this wasn't a big deal after all. Yeah, you can say, see, it wasn't a big deal because we shut down the country. Listen, let me, let me just make the case to you as quickly as I can. This is a big deal, okay? This is a big deal because in two months, April and May, two, just two months, we lost 100,000 people in two months. We have lost nearly 150,000 people total, but 100,000 of those were lost in just a two-month period. People try to compare it to the, th- the flu. Back a few months ago, actually... Pastor MacArthur used the word flu related to, to this. People try to do that. We've said in emails, don't do that. That's dangerous. It's not accurate. Flu season goes five to six months every year. Five to six months. On an average flu season. It's like 60,000 or something? 37. 37, okay. Those average. are big years, I'm thinking. Big of. years are 60,000. Yeah. 37,000 average for five or six months for the common flu. Two months, we lost 100,000. Still going up. We're just under 150,000 right now, and we're still going. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I can hear it, though, that the retort a lot of times when you bring that up is, well, of course, when you classify everything as a COVID-related death, 
So there, there's almost no winning when you talk yeah, about right. this, though, because uh, I feel like sometimes uh, I've had conversations with, uh, with skeptics online and they tend to jump topics like mm-hmm. that. That's a difficult conversation to have when you're constantly right. changing topics like that. But that, that's one of the complaints is, well, the reporting is bad. Uh, but that works against other complaints from the same group. Right, because somebody says they're not as many deaths as they said. Well, how do you know that? Well, because there's a stat. And then if I use the stat to say, you know, that's way more than the common flu, mm-hmm. well, those stats are inflated. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so on the one hand, you use it if it supports your position, and then you decry it if it doesn't support your position. Again, back to the, I think this is something that I just frequently am sensing that is it's oversimplification. I think mm-hmm. it's important that we're willing to look at the situation we're in and say, this is complicated. Yes. Um, and I sh- I really should have a, a healthy dose of humility in how I face this. Mm-hmm. And when there are a, a lot of experts, people whose responsibility it is to mm-hmm. make these calls, mm-hmm. giving information, I, I really need to have a lot of humility and, and listen. And take and so I think we think our church has taken the better uh, part of wisdom is to take a cautious approach. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that we're able to have three options for people to participate in our Sunday services. Live stream, come on site, outside FM radio, come inside as of last week. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, feel free to show up and come inside. So we now have those, but we're taking every precaution we can, not because we know, not because we know what's going to happen, but because we care. We care about the people in our church, we care about the testimony to our community, and we are not going to make claims about things that we do not know. And too many pastors, frankly, are making those kinds of of claims. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I've heard you say the same, so I know I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for both of us on this. Uh, Very thankful, too, for uh, the congregation that we have and the good attitudes yes, people yes, have had yes. about all of this because Amen. I can sense when I talk to, talk to folks sometimes the frustration, yeah. the uncertainty with, you know, I don't know what to think about all of this. And um, in, in some, you know, a healthy dose of, dose of skepticism with some of the information they're getting and yet still being, you know, trusting the, the yeah. that the leadership of our church is trying to make good decisions and being deferential, it's a lot to Amen. be thankful for. Yeah, I'm thankful as well. Thanks for saying that. Uh, last thing I'll say then on this is that, so for those of you that have read uh, what has been said, it's, it's going viral as would be expected from a very influential pastor and a very influential church uh, in a short period of time. And over the next several days, it's going to get out there. If you haven't read it, I would certainly encourage you to read it, read the addendum, read our blog, and you know make your decisions about that. But I'm letting you know that I've read it, so you don't need to text me (laughs) and say, did you see what John MacArthur said, Um, and has that changed your your view? Uh, I certainly read it. I read it with great care, uh, and I read it with deference uh, to my respect for him and respect for that church, Uh, but having done so, uh, my conclusion is, our conclusion is, what we've said here, and that we're uh, on a good course, we believe, and we'll stay that course until the government forces otherwise. So when do you not submit to the government? Until they force you not to. That's, mm. that, that's my view, until they mm. force me not to. The Bible says to do so, so we will do so until they make clear that we can't. Yeah. Until they make clear that you are now imposing on me a requirement 
to violate what the Lord says for no good reason, mm -hmm. for no valid governmental reason. When you do that, then forget about it. Then, and so we will follow what the government says until they make clear that biblically we cannot do so. Yeah. Well, and if you haven't watched that, or not watched, if you haven't read that post yet, I recommend go over to the blog, uh, Church Matters blog, cbctrenton.com, and uh, click on the blog link. It's the longest post you've made to date. But uh, because of that, it's very helpful. You deal in, you know, in uh, some detail with the relevant passage of Scripture. You cite some of the relevant events and, and people that we've talked about today. So uh, very good. Uh, we said that uh, we would start with this topic. Well, we're over 30 minutes oh, now. Oh, wow, are we? Yeah, yes. so I think okay. this is a two-parter. Yeah. People are going to get tired of us breaking. Yeah. <laughs> breaking. This, is, uh, this is a good, worthwhile topic to cover, though. So, uh, so come back next week if you'd like to learn about <laughs> Christians and politics. But we'll, uh, we'll close it now uh, for today with that. And uh, anything else you want to add? No, thank you, uh, thank you for that. And uh, tomorrow at eleven thirty, we'll uh, tune in um, uh, for excuse me next week at eleven thirty as we have yeah. the uh, first of the Christians and politics. And I'm not sure we'll get that done in one session either, to be perfectly honest. But right. we'll do our best. All right. Um, remember, if you don't already subscribe on YouTube, uh, if you're watching this on our website, you can click the little CBC logo in the corner. It'll take you to our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Hit the notification bell on that as well, and you'll get uh, a notification, an email, or, or a notification in your YouTube app that we've posted something new. And then uh, as well, follow us on Facebook because we publish uh, there as well. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. If you have a question you'd like us to consider, you can send that into our email address, info at cbctrenton.com, or text it to us at 97000.